this is this is the lamest thing to say ever. I was having brunch with my friend Chris in Brooklyn. Oh my gosh, that sounds horrible. That came out of my mouth. Whatever, I'm owning it. I was having brunch with my yeah, friend. Yeah, I was having brunch with my friend. Hold on, let's just have a moment of silence after that. Hey everyone, my name is Jared Hogan. And I'm Christian Schultz. And this is good. This week we're talking with Satchel Drakes about the differences between YouTube and Vimeo and how YouTube just might be the new frontier of filmmaking. Well, hello, everybody. Uh, I am jumping on a quick call with Jared real quick before he runs out to a job. Lightning fast. Hey, hey everybody. Hey, Christian. There might be a little bit of a misconception that podcasting is me and Jared's life. But we are actual working filmmakers and have very bus- busy schedules. And uh, so Jared is not going to join us for this show. And uh, I wanted to get him on and ask him a few questions pertaining to this interview that we're doing with Satchel. And you have to answer honestly. You can't lie. Oh, boy. And you okay. can't refuse a question. Okay. How many followers do you have on Vimeo? Um, I'm, I don't know. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Guesstimate. Um, a thousand-ish. When is the last time that you were on YouTube? Mm, I was uh, probably yesterday. Well, do you remember what you watched? Something about the Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> like a Cam Newton compilation? Yeah, some, something like that, yeah. What is your brief description or perception of YouTube? Um, a dumping ground for every video ever. So would you say that it's something, a place that you would want to put a film that you made? No. Why not? It seems like it would get lost, like, in the pile of cat videos. (laughs) You know? Is Is that good enough? That's good enough. So with that being said... Here's my interview with Satchel Drakes. Hey everyone, Christian Schultz here, and I'm joined today with my good friend and fellow creative person that I have only recently become to call a friend. What's up? This is Satchel Drakes. I want to believe that there's sort of like this like really dark backstory. That we were enemies and like <laughs> there was this 180. How did we first meet? We first met on Twitter. Um, so I fell down a click hole and somewhere I landed on Vimeo. And on Vimeo I found a video called The Great Abyss with this really introspective guy talking about purpose and stuff, walking along water and all that. And, like, it was the really classics. cool. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what they are now? <laughs> I, I mean, that's what I call them. I call yeah. them the classics. Yeah, yeah. Like, I guess the they're in the archive now, man. That's behind yeah. you. Um, and uh, I thought it was super dope. Um, yeah. I, don't, I mean, yeah, just the narrative, the pacing, the visuals were, like, all super dope. And, like, 
I couldn't put my finger on exactly what it was that I liked about it, and I sort of liked that. Um, yeah. So what I traditionally do when I find something that I really like on the internet is I try to find out who made it, and then if they have like some kind of like presence, just so I could like see like how they think and stuff. So I found your Twitter, and my first uh, view into your mind was I want to play Tony Hawk. <laughs> You tweeted out, I want to play Tony Hawk. <laughs> like I tweeted that? To which I replied, well, you better turn on anti-gravity and something else. <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah. And then I guess from there, we started having like very intermittent micro conversations. You And uh, I'm guessing you found out from my profile right. that I was in New York and you were coming to New York to do, shoot some stuff for Musicbed. Um, and you were like, hey, man, I'm coming into the city at some point. Like, you down to clown? And I was like, yeah, man. So we land in New York. I think one of the first things we did was grab dinner with you, which is at some outrageously priced ramen place. <laughs> <laughs> that Satchel was like, mm, like, dude, you have to go to this place with me. And uh, <laughs> And I was like, in my mind, I was hoping it was like Momofuku or something like that. But... I don't, th- I don't think that wasn't even in the option. Do you know what I mean? What do you know what place I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. That so that place. Oh man, I feel bad. That place. Um, that was like my third or fourth resort. Because remember, we were trying to look for a place. Dude, what happened? We're, well, we were trying to look for a place that wasn't uh, cash only. Remember, oh. and um, because of that, that ruled out all the best ramen places in the city because oh. they're all they all follow like Japanese culture of like no RSVP, cash only. Um, right. So we ended up going to like this sort of like it seemed like it seemed like a western run ramen place. Yeah. And uh but it was okay. Yeah, it was, you know, it was okay. Whatever. Yeah, no, it's unanimous. It was okay. <laughs> yeah. So we sit down and we talk and uh I don't even remember what we were talking about and we mm. just started talking about work that you were doing and like what you do with your life and I came to find out that you I'm going to go ahead and use the word are somewhat of a YouTuber. Okay. And I don't know if that's like a curse word, so I'm, but that's all, that's all I know. So you have and make content on YouTube. You have um, a pretty good following. Um, and I was when you said how many subscribers you had, I was extremely um, taken back because I, I felt it was that moment where like um, it was it was like the. Uh, the tables had been turned and like, cause you had reached out to me and said like, dude, you know, love your work. And then I was like, you know, let's go hang out with this guy. He seems really cool. Um, and then we get there and I figure it out. It's like that moment where you figure out that like, Oh, the guy, like this guy is actually like more popular than I am. Do you know what I mean? Sure. <laughs> and, uh, and I felt really small. I felt really <laughs> awkward. <What>? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, but it was an interesting thought because it was like you're you're more well known in a different sphere than I, that I have literally no idea about. You know what I mean? And which I think leads us to this topic um, that I want to talk to you about. Okay. And um, that's the differences between Vimeo and YouTube. But I I hope that it's like bigger than that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like at the end of the day, it's like. These are free services where we put art. Right. Or infotainment, just to right. be fair. Yeah. 
So I think I want to know, let's just start off with this question, but what is a YouTuber and is it a curse word? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I don't call myself that or identify myself as that, but I understand like if someone says it. When I, when I hear the word YouTuber, I guess I think about when people say, oh, you're a Viner, you're an Instagrammer, like mm. somebody who has created a, for lack of better words, like a name for, a name for themselves through the platform that they're using by, I don't know, maybe it's the luck of the algorithm, they're making something really compelling, it could be a myriad of things. And I guess, like, if we're just going by, like, the technology behind it, that's what I do, but I don't see it. I personally don't see it, like, when I'm just, because I'm just focused on my work, essentially, right? Like, right. from that perspective, I s- just see, like, a normal, like, well, like, yeah, like, a normal guy trying to get better and using this free Google service to upload something that I could technically upload anywhere, but I pick this one because this one happened to be compelling. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Do, do you have a Vimeo account? Mm-hmm. You do? Yeah, I do. But is anything on it? Yeah. I keep okay. it I keep it updated actually. What is the uh perception of YouTube, would you say? Um I can't say I'm incredibly keen on like populist opinion. I know for myself, for the longest time I knew it as a really great place for cat videos. <laughs> to like sum it up, like right. it's like if someone is going to like distract me from my work at the office, they're going to send me a YouTube link, right? Dude, that's exactly the same thought that I had, which was this is like the new version of America's funniest home videos. Yeah, I, that was the extent of that for the longest time. And then I think um, there was a time where I was looking for one particular video and I kind of stumbled upon a series of YouTube channels. I said series and that activated Siri on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a period of time where, yeah, <laughs> there was a period of time where I, uh, yeah, I stumbled upon a series of um, shows of that were people taking the platform seriously and making serialized content. You're talking and, about YouTube, yeah, right? on YouTube, yeah. Okay, and uh, you know, some people who were doing really interesting things that had a message. Some people that were. Um, just consistently like uploading things other than vlogs, like scripted things that required like equipment and thought and writing. And I was like, whoa, this is like a platform for independent content. Like this is like the democratized place for this. And it seems really great because there's a community of people willing to have a discussion. That seems to be the crux of what, like, okay, if we just want to like go straight to the jugular with this, like, I would say what differentiates YouTube from just about every other platform for uploading videos is that it is a place for a conversation. It's a place where it's encouraged. And it's a mm-hmm. place where the creators are not necessarily required, but there's a strong encouragement to initiate dialogue with um, the people who are viewing what they make. Why do people think that they can't do that on Vimeo? Um, because of the kind of content and like the... <sighs> I guess I guess the culture that was cultivated from the people who started using it, it not necessarily being a place that encouraged like uploading clips from your favorite TV show or whatever. Like, right? Um, it always seemed like there was a particular barrier of entry in order to put something up there. It's sort of like um, the difference between using uh, uploading your photos to Photo Bucket versus Flickr. Like, if someone gets a Flickr account, it's like, whoa, I need a DSLR <laughs> for this shit, right? 
Yeah. So there's this there's this particular barrier of entry that oh I have to take it serious here. This is for serious people, you know. And I wonder if it's hmm. because like a bunch of professionals gathered around it. It's very possible. We have that. We have that. We have an analog for that in the design world. Like dribbles the same way. Um, but I think on top of that, like there's all these small things that went into it. It was the first video sharing site that I know, major one to like have have like HD. You know what I mean? Which was right. like, yeah, yeah. which I remember there was a period of time like I want to say 2000 and like 2008. Maybe where it was like, whoa, that's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, it's so clear. Oh my gosh. Like, what is this? You know what I mean? And now they're like behind, like they're still in 720p land. And it's like, it, not that it matters, but like, it was, it's just, it was just, it's just oh, interesting it matters to see. for sure. <laughs> I want to say it's ultimate, but yeah, no, yeah, I care. Yeah. So it's, I think there was a particular barrier of entry to it um, that uh, attracted a certain kind of person. I, so I think that's just perception outside of that. Vimeo doesn't have ads, and they've been very anti-ad. The only ads they have is to GoPro, right? Right, and, right. Uh, that's something I've actually respected a great deal. Like, there's a part of me that really respects that because I do like the idea of, like, a walled garden. Um, but because of that, it's not compelling to people who want that to be their thing, right? And then also, I mean, I question, I question also just, like, like maybe, like, part of the reason why they, they, they are still in 720p land right now is, like, Okay, the lack of ad revenue, which is a compelling source of income for just about any company, um, it makes it hard to have the bandwidth for such an expensive amount of people. It almost sort of works yeah. to their benefit that they have this sliver of people who do this particular thing. Hmm. You know, that's interesting. Um, and the way that they're sort of tiers of the pro account, all this stuff, the way that it's catered is like, this is enterprise, this is creative professional, right? Yeah, I mean, I think I would agree. It's like the difference between YouTube and Vimeo is it's all perception. Like even just like if you just start breaking down like different features of stuff and like what each thing kind of values, like it's very almost hard to like call it a social network, but like no, a lot of of artists like treat it that way. Like it's almost like the filmmakers have made it become that way because it's not like yeah. There's a, there's a lot of things that this one it doesn't have analytics on the front. Like right, you don't really know like how people feel about the video that you're watch that you watch. Right, it has comments, but the threads aren't as complex as like YouTube's and like systems, ranking systems for comments. Like it's not. There's a discussion. Like there's a bare bones discussion. It, it feels. A little bit more surface level. It feels like I, I go to Vimeo and I, I put my work on Vimeo because that's where people put their best work or that's where people put the most beautiful work because the only people that are seeing it are filmmakers. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, the only reason I'm putting something up on Vimeo is sort of a selfish reason. <laughs> And like a little bit more like uh, self-serving in like the what I want in return. Sure, you know, like if I'm worried about um, an audience seeing this, if I'm like, if that's my worry, if I'm worried about an audience seeing it or like having a conversation with the audience that sees my film, then I wouldn't put it on Vimeo. Right. You know, if I'm just like going realistically, if I'm going like more of on like a what is best for my film? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not... It's funny. If I could throw something in, like, I... 
it's interesting, like talking with even the the two times that I talk with you, like it's like I'm talking with someone who, in some kind of essence, we do some similar things, but I never really know what topic to broach. I don't know because I don't know if that's incredibly boring because it seems like different worlds in this weird way. Like, well, here here's going on that. Like, here's the the question and the reason I want to talk to you about this is like, I feel as a filmmaker that I'm missing something. Okay. And this is simply like almost platform stuff. This is simply like a way to get people to see my films or to, I don't even know what you would call it, but I feel like what scares me more than like making content for YouTube is like not making content for YouTube at this (laughs) point, you know, like, I mean, it's kind of crazy. Even stuff, I know he's like one of the more popular names on YouTube, but like seeing like people like Casey, just like oh, Casey yeah. Neistat, just like literally just making, like like shooting his life right. and then posting it every single day and having 2 million subscribers. <laughs> that is yeah. absolutely disgusting. <laughs> that is like somewhat depressing for me. <laughs> so I guess like the topic that I, I'd want to like really sit on is is youtube do you feel like youtube is the new frontier for filmmaking filmmakers are they missing something by not really investing in in youtube content making films for youtube is something totally different than making films for anything else if if that's what you want i'm so i'm not saying um i make a film or i'm a part of a commercial thing i want to show off I would not put that on okay. YouTube, you know, like keep your real, keep your whatever on Vimeo. On yeah, Vimeo. that's a good word keep for it. Like- it. It feels like whenever I click upload, like I literally, I, th- I think I just, I like uploaded something like last week or the week before. It's like, I get this feeling of like, I guess I'm like adding this to this resume that doesn't exist because I'm not looking for anything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's such, it is such a tool. Like it is in some way your right. resume. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's why things like Pete, like filmmakers, at least the filmmakers that I know, go absolutely apeshit over staff picks. And they go absolutely crazy trying to tr- like find out the code, you know, <laughs> like how to get a staff pick. Dude, I like, okay, tell me about the, dude, okay, tell me about the culture around this. I want to know because I, um, so for me, like, I don't know. I always saw the staff pick. I was like, all right, whatever. Like some ambiguous guys thought that was interesting that day. Like, okay. Um, yeah. But I was, <laughs> this, is, this is the lamest thing to say ever. I was having brunch with my friend Chris in Brooklyn. Oh my gosh, that sounds horrible. <laughs> that came out of my mouth. <laughs> whatever. I'm owning it. I was having brunch with my yeah, friend. Yeah, I was having brunch with my friend Chris. Hold on. Let's just have a moment of silence after that. <laughs> it's so textbook. I'm sorry. So yeah, I was having fun with my, Chris, my friend Chris Neal. Um, and he recently moved to um, Brooklyn from Evansville, Indiana, which is like the middle of nowhere. And um, he was talking about like as, as some as like an import, as like most New Yorkers are. Like it's like you know, like I, I he he makes really cool work. Like we had been talking on Twitter prior to. I feel like I met everyone over Twitter over the past few years. We were talking over Twitter like prior to when he moved for a long while, and then he finally moved. It's like, oh, dude, we're gonna hang out. Like it's gonna be awesome. And uh, he was trying to like, I guess, like for lack of better words, break in 
that's such a networky word. It's so sleazy. Sure. But like, for lack of better words, like he was trying yeah. to find like community people to do good work with, right? And he was he was looking around and he he was able to help out with some project or whatever. But he said one of the big contributing factors he feels that that worked out for him for this particular project and for other people's interests is like he got a staff pick for this video he did. He was saying like, it seems like the moment that I mentioned that I had a staff pick video, like, then I'll get, like, a response or something. And I was like, oh, so this is, yeah. like, this thing has some weight. Actually, freaking small world. He was working with, didn't you say you knew, a, you didn't you, you said you knew Dandy Felice, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, he was doing work with him for something that had something to do with some fighter or something. But, okay. yeah, like, the, like, he's, like he, the moment he told me that, I was like, whoa, that's... That's interesting. That's super like heavy. Like what what does a staff pick mean to you? Do, do you have a staff pick? Is that is that your jam? Man, I really don't want to say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Damn. Okay, well now I know how heavy this thing is. <laughs> That's serious. I'll say it in context and with like so we can keep moving the conversation. <laughs> well, I guess you but would have it, said no if it was no. Then. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. it might it might get cut out because I really don't I hate people who are self-serving, but you asked me. Um, <laughs> Chris, <laughs> this is great. Okay, you, so I currently Tell me about I, world. I currently have three staff picks. Okay, so you're like, damn, people want to take you. Take, people want to take you for a nightcap. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the thing, and and so recently, like very very recently, mm-hmm. so. Uh, while we're recording this right now is the last week that I am working at my job that I've been working at for uh, two and a half years now. Yeah. Um, And then next week I'll be going, when this actually airs is going to be my first week of actually doing full-time freelance. Yeah. And um, so all the content that I've been making over the last couple of years has been for a company called Music Bed, and which is basically we started, you know, right from the get go, knowing that we just wanted to make really good documentary branded content, and that can mean a lot of different things. And we kind of had literally no idea what we were doing. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to say, and I really believe this, like we got very, very lucky with um, the reception that people had, and I think because. Um, why? I think because it was it like came at a very specific time in in the Vimeo world that was um people were looking for that stuff or that stuff happened to like peak, you know, that type of work happened to peak. Okay. And um and it just so happened that I had been making that type of work my whole film career. Right, and, and it lined up. And it You'd just be surprised lined up how much that's like YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> Go on. And um, so, yeah, I mean, like, I was, we were literally kind of going about our business and dreaming up good stories that we, good people that we wanted to do stuff with. And then, and then it started with one, the one that you mentioned in the beginning, uh, the one that you saw, okay. which was, is a guy named Solomon uh, Lickthelm, and he lives in New York now. And so we made a film about him. He's like a composer and a, and a filmmaker, and, and it just took off. And um, very, I think in a matter of like three or four hours, it had gotten a staff pick and um, that's wild. Eighty thousand views or like a hundred thousand views in the first day, and I don't know what it's at now, wow. but it's like 
It's very strange. It's a very strange thing. And because you didn't do any, you haven't been doing anything differently. Right. You know? Right. Um, and then immediately after, <clears throat> man, I'm just, I'm hating this conversation more and more because I'm, it's <laughs> like everything I don't want to talk dude, about. Dude, I want to know about, uh, this is for our friendship, man. I'm okay. Trying, I'm, trying, so, I'm trying to hear your story, dude. Um, immediately afterwards, there was like a pretty good flood of like emails or, or, um, at that time I just had like my phone number up on my Vimeo page. Okay. Um, Uh-oh. and I was like getting calls from very strange people. So I think it is like very real, you know, that kind of, and I wish Jared was here because he, he has more staff picks than I do. Um, Oh damn! For doing the just doing the work that he has been doing for a long time. Okay. Doing um. Doing the work that like. He would still be doing whether he had staff picks or not. You know what I mean? Right. Um. But it definitely does. It definitely does put on some kind of weird thing on your presence, and it kind of sucks because it, I've just seen a lot of friends, you know. Um, and I'm sure you have, like, I'm sure it's the same in the YouTube world where you figure out a formula and you start and it's, and we live in the world of analytics and we live in the world of mm-hmm. like, uh, you can tell when people stop watching it and you start to make impressions about what people like and don't like right. and stop making impressions about what you like right. and what you are passionate about and what the, the type of content that you want to make. And you start making shit for other people, right? you right. know, which is not what it's, it's for. It's a trap. Yeah. You know, and it's weird because YouTube and the stuff that you're making, the stuff that Casey's making, the stuff that I'm making, the stuff that Jared's making, like filmmakers on both sides, it's it's hard because you're putting it on the internet. But like that's not where it started from. You know what no, I mean? No, not at all. Yeah. I've, I mean, recently, like, do you watch like the Hollywood Reporter Director's Roundtable stuff? No, I can't watch that stuff. Really? Wait, 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 wait. wait. We could be talking about something different. Like, it's like a. What is it? It's like the roundtables with like the the most acclaimed directors that year or whatever. Are they like waxing poetic and stuff or is it like cool? What does that mean? Like, well, when I was working on it. (laughs) Oh, dude. I mean, most of the time, but like (laughs) you can take away a good 20% of like good nuggets of just information. Okay. All right. Um, But the, the, the moderator asked um, Inaratu who just made the Revenant. He asked him, uh, why, why do you make films? And they kind of like ping ponged to like some people. They kind of like ping ponged around the table, and it kind of got back to Inaratu. And he was like, "He's like, look, I'm not kidding myself. If the apocalypse came, and I was the last person on Earth, what am I going to do? Make a film? You know? <laughs> like he right. was like, I'm making films for people, right? And I'm making films. Um, That's a good way of putting it. But at the end of it, like I'm making films to connect to people, exactly, in some way. And exactly. I don't know really yeah. know how to do that." to hopefully connect to humanity in some way and express myself in some way. Of course. But like, if that's not there, I think you're right. Like it's, you're, it's, you're not going to do that, you know? And I think that there's something about meeting. I mean, we all know that there's something about meeting someone else who likes the same band that you like or likes the same film. Right, that you like. You're right. like, oh man, you like that too? Like, whoa, yeah. the, for a second, there's this, I mean, now we're like, oh yeah, you saw it? Yeah, like, uh, but when we were younger, like when it was new and we weren't like so like hung up on ourselves, like, 
meeting someone else who did that, it was like, whoa, they're almost like me maybe. And there's this little right. spark that's just like, oh man, we must be alike in some way right. for you. Like, you know, if you get a certain kind of way, when people talk about like the kind of traction that the, the short films you put together um, were for me in my head, like, especially this is coming from someone who didn't, who knew, who just knew 10 minutes ago that staff pick was like, oh my God. Like um, to me, it's like, yeah, of course, staff pick like, that that communicating that communicated something personal in this way that's incredibly hard to describe and that's what i want <laughs> you know what i mean do you feel like like go ahead and like describe your channel in a brief kind of like this is what i make i talk about uh video games at the inter- at the intersection of culture and the arts and um the way that I sort of see them, um, though for many, and it's a common perception and it makes perfect sense to me, it's not offensive, it makes perfect sense, uh, video games are sort of like a leisurely activity, um, they're sort of like somewhere between that and kids' toys in, in most contexts, mm-hmm. um, because uh, just association, history, appropriation, and like, I did, Siri, I didn't even try. <laughs> it's really hard to see that, just because usually when you think about a video game, you think about um, that piddling iOS game that I play while I'm using the bathroom or something, yeah. you know what I mean? Right, right, right. Um, but when you think about the technology behind a game, uh, in a lot of ways, it's, it, it doesn't necessarily present the opportunity to that. And there are a lot of titles coming out right now that are not like that at all. Um, a video game completely broken down is the visual arts, music composition, narrative story inside of a wrapper of interactivity. I mean, for lack of better words, uh, attacking the same thoughts, thought pieces, messages, and challenges that a film would. There are these games that are talking about interesting ideas like identity, um, political ideas, which um, in, a, in the form of a book or a film um, might be incredibly hard to pull off because it's really hard to pull off a film about a political idea that doesn't seem or doesn't come off at or isn't read as a hard left or a hard right um, as agenda. But when it's interactive... It can truly be open-ended and left to the decisions of the player. Mm-hmm. And for something, for example, there's a game called Papers, Please that's about working as um, a immigration officer. And there are people, you're kind of, you're in this like fictional alternate universe uh, Soviet Union nation where um, there are these foreign, there's these foreign refugees that are coming through. It's actually super relevant to right now. There are these foreign refugees that are coming through and you have to face them and they tell you their story and like... You see the different things that they went through and you look through their documents and you can let them in or you can let them out. And whether you let people in or let them out, that determines how much you get paid and your accuracy accuracy determines how much you get paid. And you also have to take care of – at the end of each day, you have to like partition your your days, your, your wages amongst your family for heat and food. And you sort of run into these interesting like complicated situations where it's like, well, I really need to feed my family or else they're going to starve to death. Um, but that means I have to deny these people entry to this country, even though they check out completely. And it's just like in a film, you might see that, and the person's decision might be like, "eh," like, well, they chose that because whatever. But 
if you actually want to talk about the complications of immigration and having a strong moral compass and challenging in the moral compass, leaving that in the hands of the player is really quite hard. You're not really sure what to do, and you get to sympathize with the opposite side. And there are a whole slew of games that do that same thing across different thoughts and different ideas and different topics. And the purpose of what I'm working on is exposing what those things that those games are doing and all the different things that are, it's, it's, it's in a way video games have been around for a long time. Um, but they're only just starting because people are getting to say what they want to say. So what is your channel about? (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) I always, it's weird. I always feel like I need to give this full context because it's so unknown. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's strange, but yeah, essentially that's what it is. (laughs) It's like real people, not like massive 500 people teams making, you know, you're, you're, you're talking about and seeing a lot more people, um, making games on their own is about personal experiences. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, real real issues as opposed to just blockbuster games. Yeah. Okay. Well, how many – can you tell me how many subscribers you have? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, um, dude. I talked about staff picks. Let's uh, yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. Uh, like 75K right now. You have 75,000 people that subscribe to your channel. Dude, we were just talking about Casey and Astat. In the grand scheme – no, Very but like this channel. is you. This is my friend Satchel. <laughs> but you see, it's I, I small, mean, dude. Most of my friends. Oh, uh, come on. Like, uh, have a lot more. <laughs> come on. I'm not. I'm not lying, dude. They'll tell you. They'll tell you. <laughs> okay, so as a filmmaker, I love what Casey Neistat's doing. But when you break it down to just like the facts, is two million people are subscribing to nothing. Well, you know what I mean? Wait, wait. It's mean? like they're subscribing to to watch. Like they're not subscribing to like how to videos. They're not subscribing to like uh, like best of videos or like whatever like uh, prank videos or whatever. You know what I mean? Like they're subscribing to watch some dude roll around town for five to ten minutes every day. And he doesn't really do much other than just be Casey. Could you? So I haven't seen a full video of his. I just see people talk about his stuff, and there'll be like sure. a clip in the background. Like what? What are most of his videos, dude? It's amazing. It's nothing. <laughs> I'm it's telling amazing. you, dude. It's nothing. <laughs> but, but it's what? it's literally you sound make, so mean right now. No, dude. It's not. I'm like so. Like I watch his films almost every single day. And like I'm pulling it up right now. <laughs> I don't know if it's that if that is why I like it. It's because Oh dude, he snowboarded through Times Square. That's pretty dope. No, I mean, but those are like his you're looking at like his top videos or something. But like just the day-to-day stuff, it's like, "Hey, I'm bringing my kid with me to work." Or like, "Hey, I'm bringing my kid to the grocery store." Or like, "Hey, I'm working on this today." "Hey, oh. I'm, I'm skating around town." Like he has this reoccurring thing where he just opens up mail that people have sent him from around the world. And it's usually like gifts and electronics and like letters and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And it's like, but for some reason, dude, it's like the utmost interesting. Um, I don't, but I don't, if that came across like I'm being mean or something, I'm just calling it how it is, man. I think like, (laughs) 
You're owning it. Let's get Yeah, it. I mean, like, can do you feel like, and this is where I want really digging on, is like, can those two worlds, the world of like the films you're making for Vimeo or like the films um, that have a lot of care to them, can those two worlds meet? Uh, in your opinion, there are like two things dancing in my head around that. The first one is who cares? Sure. <laughs> like, all right. Well, what do you so mean? The, so the, in right, what so aspect? The, what do you mean who cares? Yeah, what like, who mean? cares? So, so the best dude doesn't care about aesthetics and someone else does. Uh, that's great that there's a gradient. I don't, I don't see that. I don't see that as a detractor. If you if you're trying to ca- if you're trying to connect with people and you believe that you're making something compelling enough to make that connection that you would share it, I think that YouTube is a compelling option for that um, because people don't know what they're gonna get and it's worth taking a shot on that. And then also because it is built like a more robust social network and there's shareability and discoverability, it's only a plus that you invest in that. I mean, yeah, I mean it's, it feels like there's literally no difference except. Perception. What, what, do you, what do you mean by perception? It seems like there's a group of filmmakers that put their stuff on Vimeo, and then there's a group of, of uh, filmmakers that put their stuff on YouTube. And it feels like for a long time, and I guess this is like my main question or thought or idea is like for a long time that they've been separated whether sure. it's like you think like oh like only shitty filmmakers put stuff on on youtube right but like from that's real hearing you talk it's like actually like no like that's not necessarily true and it's like for youtubers it's like oh um i don't know what the perception is for vimeo you know like from from like most like youtube filmmakers whether it's like too uppity or if it's too um like, I have an answer for that. Okay. Well. Um, I'll say there definitely are still like, there is still residue of that difference. Like the serialized video, the serialized content that I found that I liked on YouTube. So it was incredibly lo-fi and it was very personality driven. And on YouTube, yeah. personality drives a lot, like a lot. Like you can make things really crappy. You can shoot it from your webcam. Um, but if you have amazing character and you're like interested in a connection or you like you say something that like like resonates with a lot of people, like that means a lot huh. um, on YouTube. Um, and uh, and there's a lot of there's a lot of grace for like lack of quality. Sure. If the content sure. is there. So um, th- and what I'm hearing you say, it's just like one aspect of it. And I want you to continue. But would you say that YouTube is more like. TV and Vimeo is more commercial or like feature film or like in, if you're like breaking it down to like, you have a contentious ground. (laughs) What does that mean? What do you mean? You have, you have a ground where people are very split on about such as, okay. So on YouTube, what people make the most money off of are let's plays. Let's plays make the most money. PewDiePie has. What is that? What is, what is, let's plays are 10 minute long, a 10 minute long series of videos of people who play video games and they do commentary over it. Um, his, so, uh, well, as a nerd, I'm going to tell you historically, historically <laughs> with let's plays, there were a means of uh, people who are really experienced a game to explain different things that they did to find secrets or whatever. But what they evolved into 
was uh, an infotainment platform where people are playing games, whether it's retro or new, and it's personality-driven in a sense that the person who's playing the game is probably a stand-up comedian, like, part-time, or an improv artist part-time, and they essentially have, like, bits as they're, like, playing the game. Like, they're riffing off of things as it's happening. And, or if it's, like, a group of people, usually it'd be, like, two or three guys or four guys. Like, they're all having a conversation. And what's attractive about these 10-minute, like, you know, they'll play for, like, hours and they'll chop it up into 10-minute chunks just because that's what... Um, is rewarded the most in analytics because that's where retention falls off after 10 minutes, like for the, these 10 minute videos. Um, so, and what's attractive about it is like people like the idea of like sort of like being like this, like, uh, this bystander in like this really funny relationship or conversation with other people, you know what I mean? While enjoying the game sort of. So think about the equivalent of like, if you had like an older sibling, you used to watch them play video games and stuff like, yeah, yeah. sort of like that only with like, a sibling that's a lot more entertaining <laughs> and like funnier, probably. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So let's players see the greatest reward and they see the most revenue. Like we're talking, we're talking there are millionaire let's players easily. There are a lot of millionaire let's players. Like there are people who are making at least 25K a month, like doing that kind of stuff. If if you've got if you have a side like if you have if you have if you have like a decent following, you know what I mean? And it's because um it's because metrically so many things line up with what YouTube rewards. The length of the video, the frequency of uploads twice a week, the uh, because it's so easy to produce and it has such low production value, you can record something for two hours. You can do your set for like a month. You know what I mean? Like, All right, yeah. Um, and a bunch of little things. There's, there's like a whole bunch of little things that if you kind of have it in place, it's not a formula for success. You're not going to win. Like well, I just me, like here, I like I just said all this, and like someone could be like, "Oh, that's the secret." They go out and do it, and nothing might right. happen. YouTube, right. like most things on the internet, is still a huge question mark. But these are things that are playing into that, and uh, a lot of people are like, "This gets the most reward," but this isn't quality content. You know what I mean? Right. And there are a lot. I of mean, you wouldn't call like, that you wouldn't call that filmmaking. No, and a lot of people. Are like that's this. This is cheating. Like this isn't like this has like the analytics say that it's good, but it's not good. I'm not necessarily so saying the people, this is where but, I come from, but the people that are saying this are like people like you, like YouTubers that are actually trying to make good content, right? Yeah. Okay. That and then there there are also viewers who are like, yeah, I don't watch Let's Plays. Like it's it's kind of like the sewer of YouTube. And then I would say on the I would say <laughs> the, where the sewer. <laughs> I would say. Where the cultural rift is with YouTube and Vimeo, the Vimeo sewer is like lens tests. <laughs> oh, dude, this is like, true, man. And that speaks to what that community values. So that community values like quality and maybe maybe character, but not in the same way yeah. that, that YouTube does. I honestly do feel like it's kind of, it, at the end of the day, it's really the like, what do you want to be making? And like, where do you find gratification and like, where do you, what kind of content do you really get creatively satisfied with? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I have friends who are always like constantly trying to think of TV show pilots to shoot and they shoot some, you know, and they, and they get some funding to do it. And like those friends are almost always making stuff for YouTube. Like they don't even get into the Vimeo world. They think in the things that they like, you know what I mean? That stuff gives right. themselves like gratification. Yeah. And, but on the other side of it, like I have friends that like, they make music videos, you know, and they make 
um, they're constantly thinking about feature films and how to get into that world and, and get on sets for feature films and like writing scripts and all that stuff. And like YouTube is a joke, you know? So I think like there is no right or wrong, but yeah, it's, I think it's literally like, what do you like to make? (laughs) And that sounds a little bit too easy, but I don't think it is. I don't think it was made to be hard. I don't think, I guess like my last question would be like, am I missing out? Um, (laughs) Are Are you Christian Schultz missing out? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, am I missing out? Not, and this is not me being like asking you, am I missing out? on financial gain because there's a seems to be a lot and it's different because like there's ways to make money on YouTube Mm -hmm. and if you really think about it you're making money off of Vimeo I mean you have just a a portfolio that any agency or any uh, production company can go and see and you make money that way Sure. You know I mean, like as YouTubers are, uh, I, I mean, I know you have somewhat of a day job as well, but it's like some people, that's the only way that they're making money. They're not going out and getting side jobs. The majority for, of my YouTube friends are just doing that. Right. And that's really freaking crazy to and me. Eating, you know, it's and like eating better than I am. <laughs> <laughs> and there's just no, saying. but there's no difference in the thing. Like you're trying to make money either way you do it. Or you're trying to uh, open up the door to make money, either either platform that you're that you're going on. Making money is not the hard part, you know. Like doing the work that you love to do and doing work with the people that you love to do oh, is, yeah. the, is the hard part about yeah. creativity. Yeah, it's like if you want to make. I mean, that's how it. I you know I I mean I am curious to know like what that looks like. I, I don't want to make this long. If if it's an no, offline it's conversation, good. just tell me like how that um, works itself out within the context of a family. So like you're making sure that you're eating and you're also making sure that someone else is eating too. The honest truth to your question is I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> the honest truth is I have no idea what I'm doing. And, you know. Um, In a way that's a relief. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't feel like I do. <laughs> And I think, yeah. um, and that's important to be like really self-aware and stop trying to put on some kind of weird front, you know? Yeah. And um, like I, I'm an expert at this and I can get whatever job I want and I don't have, I'm not frustrated in any way because people want the stuff that I want, you know? Like yeah. that doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, maybe at some level it does, but I don't think many people get there. Maybe it's like a, it's like a place only specified for Roger Deakins or something, you know? So, so if you're not worried about, I'm not talking about the financial part of Oh, YouTube. that's right. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not trying to talk about the, this is great. The uh, financial gain of YouTube because it seems like it's, it's set up to be a lot more easy mm-hmm. in a way. Um, but what I'm, what I'm wondering and what I want to ask you is, do you think that I'm missing out on the creative outlet that YouTube okay. brings that's okay. different than anything else? So my answer is going to be either helpful or unhelpful. Okay. Um, because I'm, pro- I'm going to use experience rather than like some kind of prescriptive answer because I can't, I can't say that I'm like the oracle of YouTube. And in and, and right. that same way, like not only because everyone's experience is different, um, 
but just be like the art that people make is really different too. And the most valuable things that I got out of it over the past how many years is a community of peers, a smaller community of peers in particular who like I would do anything for. You, the internet's really huge when you're not a participant, really. And then you sort of get involved and you realize it's actually really small and everyone right. kind of knows each other. Right, yeah. And because of that, I feel like I've been given a lot of opportunities to do different creative things with different people. A lot of things that I would have never signed up for, <laughs> um, but had, a, but, but learned a lot from and grew a lot from and, and, uh, and that's been priceless. And, you know, in that there's money too. And the money's been great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, definitely not the primary part, but that's been an undoubtedly con- convenient part, especially considering like um, just a myriad of different things, meeting random people and like just saying, oh, we're just going to go to Austin for a week and like do whatever and like, you know, try some creative stuff maybe. Like all, all of these different like, Weird, unplanned things came out of uh, joining YouTube for me. Yeah. Um, and I think in some ways, maybe that would look the same on Vimeo. Uh, yeah. No, it's the same exact thing, dude. Yeah. I think, I think, I think my response, like, am I missing out on YouTube? It's like, well, uploading there is free. <laughs> like, it's free. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 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 you just do it. Like, I, I, I studied graphic design, but I intentionally didn't choose an art school because not that there's like not that people who did are like wrong, but like it was just like that's cool, but like I don't really want to be in an echo chamber. And like the thing that I'd say that YouTube has to a much more like exponential amount than Vimeo is they have a lot of diversity and they have a lot of small voices. Yeah. Um because small voices are allowed because small voices can't get a C three hundred. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. it's so because of that, and I've learned a lot from people who make videos that I would never really want to make. Um, because you kind of learn the thing that I kind of learned was that it's really not all about that. Have you have you enjoyed this conversation? This is cool, man. <laughs> I've 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 enjoyed you really mostly. Oh, thanks. I've enjoyed man. you. Well, um, how was this for you? This was cool. It was like talking with a friend. Yeah. No, dude, you're supposed to say. Supposed oh, to... right, 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 right. Wait, hold on. Let's do it Wait, again. Wait, did I say? Did I say good? I did. No, no, I did it. Oh, damn. Okay. So, okay. so Satchel, how was this uh, conversation for you, dude? It was good. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It was real good. This episode was mixed by Christian Stropko, or as we like to refer to him, Christian number two. As always, our music today was created by Cubby. That's Cubby with two Bs. You can check out more of his stuff on CubbySounds.com. Our show is produced by Will Meyer, and our good podcast logo was designed by Eric Hurchin. Also, you can find all of our show notes and other fun stuff at GoodThePodcast.com. 